Happy Mother's Day, Beach Point Church. I'm so happy to be with you. And to be honest, I'm extremely expectant for big things. And I hope you are too, because of God's promises. Like the one in Jeremiah 29, 13, that says this, God speaking, you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. Did you hear the promise? If you seek to find God, you will. That goes to say for the church service, but it also goes to say for every area of your life. If you open up your quiet time and open up his word to seek and find God, you will. If you seek inspiration, maybe, that's just not the promise. If you seek to find God in the midst of the chaos and the pandemic that we're facing, if you seek to find God, here's the promise, you'll find him all over the place. If you seek to find God in your family members, that you've been very close to in close proximity for a while. If you seek to find the best in them, and what is the best in them you can find? God himself, of course, because they're created in his image. If you seek to find God in them, you will. If you seek to find the worst, you'll find that too. It's not hard to find in them or in you. But if you come today in every church service and in every environment seeking to find God, you will. That's a heavy expectation to come to his word because the truth is in the midst of all the things we need in this season, there's nothing we need more than finding him. And we find him in his word in Jeremiah chapter 29 as he, God himself, speaks through the prophet Jeremiah these words. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me. And I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Here's the promise. I will be found by you. God wants to be found. Let me pray for us as we jump in to discover truth together. (sighs) Heavenly Father, Help us, help us truly receive your truth. Especially truth that we already know in our heads, God, by your Holy Spirit, would you bring it from our heads to our hearts, we pray. We pray, would you help us even this moment long for this type of movement from knowledge to heart transformation. God, would you do that work in us, we pray. And all God's children from their living rooms said, Amen. So let's discover truth about God together. For I know the plans I have for you. Can I tell you, I switched up what I was planning on bringing to you. I had plans, tore those up, kind of like how we've torn up a lot of our plans lately, because I've trusted that God has plans. In fact, this scripture was something I brought to your youth group, this specific passage I brought to your youth group months ago. But the truth, what I love about this season, there's not a ton I love, but one thing I do love is reading really familiar passages with brand new meaning because of the unique context in which we're in. Pay attention to this familiar verse and consider the context we're in. God speaking, for I know the plans. We're used to reading that truth in light of a lot of plans we've made. We're used to reading it when we kind of know the plans. God, I know you know the plans for my life, but I plan next Thursday and a month from today, and I know kind of where I'm heading the trajectory of my life, and suddenly 
We're reading this passage in a very unique time in which we don't know and we're not used to knowing. In fact, if I were to read this passage and, and put my own thoughts and desires into it, here's what I wish it said. For I know the plans I have for you and I'm planning on telling them to you. <laughs> it doesn't. It just simply says, here's the truth you need to know. God knows. That's it. He knows. And then he spends the next three verses inviting and outlining what it looks like for us to trust him. That's the plan. And we don't like not knowing. <laughs> in fact, I, I, the very rarely in life do we not know things. Remember when we used to go to coffee with people and you sit across the coffee table and you discuss some random topic or you have a conversation with a friend about some random topic? Very rarely would you walk away from that conversation saying, well, I guess we won't know about that random topic. No, you would pull out your phones and you'd ask Siri, you'd Google it, you'd ask Alexa. These things are created because we want to know things. And if you're sitting there in a season where you're saying, oh, not only do I not know, I'm terrified by not knowing. If you're finding yourself overwhelmed and anxious, you're not crazy. In fact, it's not knowing that causes a lot of that in us. In fact, my husband's an emergency room nurse, which makes this season very unique. And we recently had a conversation of what do you do when panic attacks come into the ER, you're feeling extremely anxious. People are extreme, feeling extremely anxious. What do you do? He says, oh, I do the exact same thing because it works. I said, Tell, tell me, so I can tell the people, of course. And he says, oh, no, it's just super simple. I have them look at me in the eyes. And then I tell them to listen to my voice. He says, I tell them that because it's easy to listen to all the other voices, the news outlets, social media, all the different things we've been listening to. He says, I quiet them down, and I get them paying attention to my voice. And then I tell them, you know, there's a lot of things we don't know, but here's what we can do. We can breathe. So Beach Point, wherever you're at, would you breathe with me for a minute? It's a gift. Breathe in and breathe out. Breathe in, breathe out. Breathe in. In fact, this is the moment where he says he would lean in and say, hello, my name is Randy Marshman. I'm a staff nurse and I am really good at my job. Now breathe out. In our conversation, I said, Randy, you actually say that? He says, oh, they need to know that the voice I need them to listen to is really good at his job because then he tells them in about three minutes, things are going to slow down and they're going to get better. Let's just keep on breathing. Breathe in. And he looks over at their chart and he notices things begin to get a little better. Why? Because they're listening to the right voice. And I believe God, through Jeremiah, is doing the exact same thing getting us to listen to the right voice. Why? Because God is really good at his job. And there's a lot of other competing voices right now wanting to promote fear and worry. And God's saying, pay attention. In fact, Jeremiah, we know, was paying attention. And we know this because he says, declares the Lord, not in just 29.11. He says it 170 times throughout his book. Clearly, he was paying attention to the right voice. You see, here's the context of this passage. The Jewish people had been disobedient. They weren't listening to God. And the result is that God had sent them into Babylonian exile. And Jeremiah's letter contains God's instructions for how his people are to live while 
in the waiting. And God wants his people to know that he does have plans. But in the meantime, he gives them this word. Stay right there and listen to my voice. They, the people of God, wanted something else. They wanted freedom from the pain, relief from captivity. They didn't listen to the right voice. In fact, in Jeremiah chapter 28, we meet Hananiah, a false prophet who says, hey, everything will get better and easier with God and it will be quickly. And he promised circumstances would just get better and soon within a few short years. And the truth is we see Hananiah is all over the place prophesying a similar message Everything will get better and easier quickly with God. No wonder we pulled Jeremiah 29 and 11 out of context. We want a hope-filled future, maybe a dose of prosperity, but we don't want exile. We want to be faithful like Jesus, but of course we don't want to carry a cross. We want love without sacrifice, holiness without pain, refinement without fire. Jeremiah rebukes Hananiah and predicts his death in chapter 28. Yep, the chapter just before the one we use with the hope and future reference that we paste on graduation cakes and cards. Jeremiah tells the Israelites that exile, being stuck, would continue. Relief would eventually come, but not quickly. Seventy more years, in fact. He encouraged them in the meantime, in verses 5 to 7, to wait and to wait well, because God knows the plans. Here's what he says specifically. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Verse 7, also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. God knows the plans, and he gives us wisdom in the present. Seek the peace and prosperity of the place in which you feel stuck. Is that what you're aiming to do in this season, or does it just all feel like chaos? God says, I know the plans. Now, while the specific plans won't be for a while, you can know this. He knows them, and he's worthy of our trust. You see, while we may not know what the plans are for us, what we can know is something about the plans. And we find that in the book of Romans, chapter 8. Romans is written by a guy named Paul And by the way, Paul has quite the past. In fact, he hated people that were following the way, Jesus' way of life. And then Jesus encounters Paul and his entire life changed, which reminds me of this. God can do whatever he wants with whomever he wants whenever he wants to do that thing. We should never stop praying or counting anyone out because God never will. And by the way, that includes us. God used Paul, which reminds us he can use us too. He can use anyone that's willing. In fact, Romans 8, 28, while we may not know what the plans are, we can know something about the plans. And here's what we can know. It even begins, Romans 8, 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. That's what we can know about the plans. Point one, God knows the plans. Point two, his plans are meant for good. And some of you can immediately say, yes, in this season, I've seen the good, the silver lining. I've found God's movement. I found God's place. Great. Keep on seeking God because you'll continue to find him. And some of you are listening to this passage and saying, how in the world can God use all things? How in the world could God even use COVID-19 for good? 
as you ask that question, it's a good question to ask, but it's also an important word to define. See, if I were to define good as like an Americanized definition of good, I'd say comfortable, easy, maybe successful, prosper, prosperous. How about you? How would you define good? Paul goes on in the very next verse to define the good he wrote about in Romans 8, 28, when he writes this in verse 29. For those God foreknew, he also predestined. Don't get tripped up on that word. It just means predestined. <laughs> Here it is, though, the definition of good. To be conformed to the image of his son. God's definition of good, the fact that he'll use all things for good, he's describing it as this. He'll use all things to form us more into the likeness of Jesus if we'll let him. Will you allow God to use even this? In fact, let me ask you, how might God be wanting to use this season? We can get specific. This Mother's Day. How might God be wanting to use this day, this virus even, this season of your family's life? How might he be wanting to use whatever it is you're going through to form you more into the likeness of Jesus? That's the good plan. God knows the plans and he'll use all of it for good. So how does he want to do it in you? Friends, when I think about the times in which I've looked most or been conformed most into the likeness of Jesus, it hasn't been in my successes. It hasn't been in my victories and when life was going extremely well. It seems as though if I look back on my life, the times I learned and was formed most into the likeness of Jesus was through hardship. And it's not just me. There's characters all throughout the Bible that experience this as well. Think of Noah. Remember Noah with the ark? God gives him the plan, kind of. He says, why don't you build an ark? But even then, he gives a bunch of dimensions. You know what he doesn't mention when he gives the plans? He doesn't mention a steering wheel or a rudder. It's as if God's going, I know the plans. Will you trust me? I know the plans. Will you trust me? In fact, God doesn't just rescue Noah by stopping a flood. You see, God has good plans, but he's not just going to pull us from hardship because he wants to use all things, including the hardship. God doesn't rescue Noah by stopping a flood. He rescues Noah with the wind and the waves at his side. And God even has a hand in it all. Genesis chapter 7, we read this about God's part in the Noah narrative physical part is this chapter 7 verse 16 the animals going in were male and female of every living thing as God had commanded Noah here it is then the Lord shut him in in other words God closed the door am I the only one that thought that God only opened doors he closes them too I wonder if in this season, some of you have only experienced a bunch of closed doors. Can I tell you, God doesn't close the door to keep Noah from the good promise. He closes the door to keep Noah from drowning on the other side. God uses all things, but he doesn't remove us from the trial. Like, like the like the Israelites wanted. That's why they listened to Hananiah and Jeremiah 28. They wanted to be removed from the hardship. Just take me out. Let's just get through this. And God says, no, no, no. Would you wait there because I have something for you through this?
It's not just Noah. Remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? God didn't rescue them from a fiery furnace. He rescued them in the midst of the flames and then joined them in it. And I love that story because he actually teaches us what faith looks like, what active trust in Jesus looks like. Before they go into the fire, they make this incredible proclamation of faith. They say to King Nebuchadnezzar, the God we serve is able to save us from this. But we want you to know that even if he doesn't, we want you to know, O King, that we will not bow down and worship the image of gold you have set up. Do you hear the words of trust? The God we serve is able, but even if he doesn't. Do you hear it? I'll be honest, those two words aren't the first two words that come to my mouth when when I feel tired, nervous, or anxious. Here's what I say. But what if? My friend Mike Foster put it this way. What if breeds fear? Even if breeds faith. Because even if your what if comes to pass. God knows the plans and his plans are meant for good. It wasn't just Noah. It wasn't just Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Do you remember Daniel? He didn't rescue Daniel from a lion's den. He rescued Daniel with the beasts at his side. If you're in a season where you feel like you're drowning in a pit with lions at your side, or you feel like you're in the midst of the flames, don't think that God is angry with you because you're there. God's not wanting to remove you from trials. He's wanting to transform you through them. How? To form you more into the likeness of Jesus. I'm going to ask on this Mother's Day, to you, Beach Point Church, that you would consider this question one more time. How might God be wanting to use the very thing you're going through, the thing that is heaviest on your heart, to form you more into the likeness of Jesus? God knows the plans, and His plans are meant for good. He knows when things will change, but in the meantime, What are you doing in the present? Hear God's word. Pay attention to the right voice. God is really good at his job. And he's inviting you to be really good at yours by trusting him. He'll do the work. And while he may not remove you from trials, he'll do a work through you. And the best part is, as he forms you more into the likeness of Jesus, when people encounter you, they'll have the opportunity to meet him. And let me end with just a few thoughts on who Jesus is. And I'll tell you from a personal standpoint, here's who I've come to realize Jesus is in this season. And personally, this is how this truth has affected me. And I was surprised to find Jesus is calm in the storm. I wonder if that's the work the Holy Spirit wants to do in you is to calm you in the midst of the waves, in the midst of this crazy pandemic, is to make you more like Christ. In fact, Dallas Willard was asked in an interview, they said, hey, if you had to describe Jesus, Dallas Willard, by the way, is someone that studied the life of Jesus more so than anyone that I've ever read from. And they asked him, if you had to describe Jesus in one word, what word would you choose? And he said, relaxed. How about you? Jesus is calm. Jesus is relaxed. Jesus is a prayer warrior. 
In 10 years, let's look back and say, this was the moment. Why not? This was the moment where your prayer life ignited like never before. You would look back and say, oh, COVID-19, I remember that season. Yes, there was grief. Yes, there was devastating loss. But there was intimacy with my father like never before. Jesus was dependent upon the words from his heavenly father. How about you? This is Jesus. And this is the plan. God wants to form you more into the likeness of Jesus. You see, because it's not just a plan for you. God may plan on using you to reach someone else. So when they come into contact with you, they have a chance to meet Jesus. What an incredible privilege and responsibility we hold as people that follow Jesus. Will you pray with me? (sighs) Heavenly Father, I thank you for using all things for good. And I pray that you would do the work in us, we pray, even this morning, to maybe figure out one attribute. God, would you reveal one attribute of yourself? Maybe the fact that you're love, that you are love. God, help us to love instead of hate. Help us to love. God, ultimately, teach us how to find you. Teach us how to trust you. And teach us how to become more like you. We need you to do that work in us, we pray. And all God's children said, amen. Happy Mother's Day, Beach Point. Be blessed.